Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Let's go ahead and get started. The ushers are in the aisle. If you need notes, if you have not received notes, I encourage you strongly, please avail yourself to those notes. They're there not just to have something to do or to do something differently. They're there so that you can follow along, keep yourself focused and awake, hopefully. But it's also to help you to learn. Your retention rate will go up. But not only that, my main reason, my heartbeat for that, the notes, is so you have something to take home. Amen? Because this is what, see I assume a lot, and this is what I'm assuming, that you are a student of the word. Amen? And I believe that having notes of what we're sharing will help you in your studies of God's word, because you, I believe you are a student of God's word. Now, if you've never taken notes, try it. Guys, men, try it. And all the men's ministry leaders said, amen. Amen. Come on, guys. Quit letting your spouses fill out those notes. I know. I see what's going on. I see what's happening. Amen. I really do believe it'll, uh, it'll help you tremendously. You ready to get into the word this morning? You excited to learn? You ready? Let's pray. Father, We ask that you bless this time. Lord, we're already blessed with exhortation of worship and praise, just reminding us through the words of those songs how powerful you really are. But Lord, that power that you have and that you are doesn't stop with you. It's been given to us. Lord, we say it often, we say it redundantly for reason. Your power is your ability and your ability has been given to us to live life the way that you've called us, planned for us, and delivered us to have. So Father, we're open, our hearts are ready right now, our minds are open and ready. We're gonna pay attention, we're gonna cause ourselves to focus, and we're gonna receive something today that you wanna say to us to help us grow, help us learn, and help us live the successful life that you've called us to live in Jesus' wonderful name. How many agree with that? As you can see on your notes, we're going to discuss failure is never final. Failure is never final. Everyone in this room right now, the hundreds of people here right now have failed. You have failed in the past. You're failing possibly somewhere right now. You may have even failed on the way in here to church. How many are following me? But listen, you're going to fail sometime tomorrow. Failure is a normal part of this life on this earth. So if that's the case, how many believe we should learn about it? But here's my heart cry. Here's the burden of my heart. Is when I see people becoming trapped in failure. Listen, to the level that they deem themselves a failure. Turn to the person next to you say, no such thing. Go ahead, tell them. Because you have failed does not make you a failure. That's a lie of the enemy. And we do have an enemy of our soul. He is real. And he will see to it that you believe that. 
I'm just thrilled and I'm honored to be able to bring the word to you and help hopefully one person this morning rid yourself of that type of mentality and that type of belief of you, yourself, that you're a failure, because that's a lie. You are a champion. All five of us got it this morning. Say this. Now, this is going to be hard for some of you. And we're going in a different direction than first service, but how many know that's okay? You're different folks. Say this. I, close your eyes, say, I am a champion. For some of you, that was very hard to do. Some of you didn't even say it. You're like, were you peeking? Yep. I get that. I understand you having to work through that. Been there, done it. But my prayer is that for some of us, see this word is going to touch. There's so many different aspects of of levels of growth here this morning. Some, like I said, you're entrapped uh, to failure to the point that you, you deem yourself as a failure. There are some you're currently working through some failure situations and maybe we'll give you some tools to help you through that. But there are some here this morning that you've become calloused to failing. Like you may have failed on the way in here and it don't even bother you anymore. How many know that's dangerous? Are you with me? So wherever we're at in this, my prayer is something's going to be said to trigger you. Because folks, man, I was telling the, 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 the people in first service, if God could peel back and show you the life that he has already planned for you, it would blow your mind. It's nothing what you're living now. I'm telling you. And your life may be really good. You are scratching the surface of what God, because God is an extravagant God. God is not a mediocre God. You won't find mediocrity in God. He's a God of excellence. He just excels in everything he does. And, and folks, everything he has done, is that excellence, is in you because you are a work of the Lord. How many know that's a good way to start this morning? Do I got you intrigued to learn some more? Nobody got up and left. Well, two people did. That's all right. God bless you, folks. Sorry. No, I'm teasing. Let me share with you a story I think that'll help you that we all have failed. And to me, any failure can be extreme if not dealt with by faith. Let me say that again. Any failure can be extreme if not dealt with by faith. In other words, you can fail into others in a certain area, in a certain way, and to others they may not be that extreme, but if you're in fear over that failure, that action of failure, you're in trouble. But let me share to you some extreme failure so you can understand what God can do possibly in your life. Matter of fact, when I shared this story of a true person, a true married couple, somebody from our church came up to me and said, I thought you were talking about me because their story was exactly the same. How how many believe that's pretty cool? I was gonna have that person stay the second service and just share some stuff. But let let me share a story to you. At another church that Missy and I were pastoring, 
There was a gentleman, we're going to call him Bob. He's a good friend even today. In fact, I just was talk, uh, talking to him via text uh, not too long ago, a couple of days ago. And, and just good relationship. But Bob came to us. Bob was in our singles ministry at that time in this church. Not this church, but a former church. And um, Bob began to, to catch sight of uh, a lady we'll call Barb uh, in a singles group. And they started having some romance uh, uh, eyes and starry eyes. How many know what I'm talking about? They were beginning to start dating and so forth. So they went from dating to full romance and decided they're going to get married. Well, Bob came to Missy and I and said, we want you to marry us. I'm like, really? Okay. I said, but Bob, here's, here's the dilemma. You've had five failed marriages. Now, in the world, you would say there's no hope. But how many know in Christ? I don't care if it's 10 failed marriages. That's extreme. But how many know five is pretty extreme too? We said, Bob, if you really want to do this, you are going to go on a journey you've never been on. Because if you want me and Missy to marry you, here's what's going to happen. So we took him on a journey. Not only was Bob required to have 12 hours, 12 weeks, 12 hours each session with Missy and I for premarital counseling, he was encouraged, if you want us to marry you, you're going to professional help. So Bob himself began a journey, professional help. Then he took Barb along the journey and they both began to get professional help. I want to tell you something, folks. I watched Bob go through blood, sweat, and tears. I watched that guy, we called it the hot seat. Whenever people would come in for premarital counseling in my office, there was a special seat that we would put one of the spouses to be in that seat and they would sweat. How many know what I'm talking about? Because you're starting to bring up stuff. How many know what I'm talking about? Hey, you don't, don't laugh, you're one of them too. How many like all your stuff starting to be exposed? Hey, no way. But five failed marriages? And it was, it was awesome to watch them on this journey, especially Bob, because when Bob began, it was all the other ex's fault. And I looked at him and I said, all five? And I was like, who picked those five, Bob? How many are with me? But it was neat to watch as the input of truth began to spill into Bob, all of a sudden now watching Bob from it was all their fault to my God, I need help. And breaking and in tears. How many are with me? Okay, long story short, they're happily married today, Bob and Barb. They're teaching in the current church they're at about how to have successful marriage. Come on. And it, I don't care what you may think is extreme and that you are deemed a failure because you have failed a lot in a certain area all the time. There is hope for you. But let me, t- let me share this part real quick. The first year they were married, Bob and Barb, it was a very difficult year. We didn't know if they were going to make it. They didn't know if they were going to make it. So all the input of truth that Bob and Barb received they had to now begin to apply. And it was hard, but you know what? No success, true success comes easy. I wonder if that's why sometimes we settle for failure. Just a thought. Nobody here this morning, amen? 
See, sometimes we think people around us have the Midas touch. How many know what I'm talking about? They're just, everything they touch turns to gold. No. Or the, how about this? They're just lucky. How many know there's no such thing as luck? Either you're blessed or you're cursed. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no such, don't play the lottery. Sow that money into the kingdom. God will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Amen? Let's go on a journey scripturally. Let's look at this. Galatians 3, verse 9. So those now who live by faith, mark that, live by faith. We're going to teach ourselves how failure is not final. Never is it final. And we're going to work through it. So the first key is you got to live by faith. Wherever you keep failing, I said it a moment ago, I got to say it again, you're in fear. And God wants to help you to exchange that fear for, everybody say faith. So those now who live by faith are blessed. Mark the word blessed. And it goes on to say along with Abraham, now if you want to get a moment of study, because some of you are newer to Christianity, newer to the Bible, do a study of Abraham in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, you'll, it'll blow you away how blessed Abraham was. The Bible goes on to say in this book, Galatians, that we are to be just as blessed as him. Anybody there yet? I'm not, but how many know that makes Christianity an exciting journey? So, are blessed along with Abraham if, notice it says again, who live by faith. So it, talks, it starts out by saying, so those now who live by faith are blessed with Abraham who lived by faith himself, Abraham. This is no new doctrine. And that means that anyone, look at this, anyone who tries to live by his own effort, independent of God. Mark those three words. Man, put Christmas lights around them. Hot, mark those words. Own effort, independent of God, is doomed to failure. See, wherever you have failed and continue to fail, you are living independent of God's help. It's that simple. See, Bob, five failed marriages. You know why? And he was a Christian. But listen, he did not invite God into his inside job that Bob needed to rethink what it means to be a man of God, number one, and a husband of God. Notice I didn't say anything about the wives or women. Because the problem was with Bob. Bob had a wrong view. He had a skewed view of what it means to be a man of God and to be a husband of God. Well, God began to turn that upside down in Bob and began to renew the way he thought and what he believed. So he was no longer trying to be, not only get married, but be married independent of God. You and I aren't that smart. Turn, turn to the person next to you, you're good looking, but you're not that smart. Go ahead, tell them. You're good looking, but you're not that smart. Sure hope it was at least your spouse or family that you said that to. You should have seen some of the single folk. <laughs> they were looking for somebody, somebody to say that to. <laughs> Exodus 33, verse 14, and the Lord replied, look at this. Man, if you don't know this verse, you need to do the bathroom mirror thing with this. 
I myself, meaning God, will go with you and give you, say it again, give you, say it again, give you, woo! Failure is not final, ever. If you allow God to go on the journey with you, if you failed in your finances, maybe you racked up too much debt because you're fearful of your future, thinking God's never going to provide for you, so you better go get it now. Guess what? God will take you on a journey and deliver you. Maybe you're one of those different uh, marriages that you've gone through. God will give you success. Quit accepting the fact that oh, I might as well just be single for the rest of my life. Lie. God wants to give you success. Maybe you keep failing, and when it comes to your employment, you just some things that you just don't get. You're failing, and you're getting fired from whatever it may be. God wants you to have success. Let's go on. Think on this. Failing is inevitable because becoming a failure is up to you. Write this down. Put inside job. Write that next to that inside job. Becoming a failure is up to you. It's a matter of the inside job that you're going to let God do because, folks, wherever you're failing at, God wants to do an inside job. See, we always expect God to change. Like Bob wanted God, listen, this is so important. Listen to me. Bob wanted God to bring him the perfect wife so he won't have number six failed marriage. Everybody say, er. Number one, I remember him saying that to me. Number one, I'm like, Julie, I looked at uh, his, um, I just said her name. <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. I looked at Barb and said, are you perfect? She's like, no, you know that, no. I'm like, Bob, you failed already. I mean, there's no such thing, amen? So God wants to take us on a journey on the inside. Remember, no one has to be a prisoner of their circumstances. Maybe you had a very difficult childhood. Maybe abuse was involved. Words were consistently spoken over you or the right words were not spoken over you. However it may be, God is God and he's a God of success. He wants you to be the living testimony of your family and show the breakthrough, that generational curse stuff, gone. How'd you like to be the, the, the trophy of God, so to speak, to show with your last name lineage all those curses broken? That's exciting. Look at this. You can have the heart of a champion, the mind of an overcomer, and the spirit of a conqueror. Do you believe that? But here's the key. You gotta put your heart into this so that you can renew your mind and then you can activate the spiritual components of God that you have in you. But my heart burden is some of you have given up heart. You've accepted the fact that you're a failure and that's it and I'll live at that level and I'll never go any further. Lie. You are a champion. I didn't write it, God did. Heart of a champion, mind of an overcomer, spirit of a conqueror. Remember, it's more costly to lose than to what? Just ask Bob. Beautiful marriage, awesome life that he has now. You look at them too, they giggly, at peace, prospering in every way. How many believe that's pretty cool? But if you took Bob back to those, one of those five failed marriages, 
Amen? Failing is costly, folks. Staying in that is costly. To win, woo. Now, you're gonna work hard. How many believe it's worth it? Failure has a price, loss of self-confidence. How many know when you keep failing, you lose confidence in your decision-making ability in that area especially? And I've seen this happen with people, not just in that area, but it starts spilling over into every area of their life. You have, if you've had five failed marriages, how many know you're gonna start thinking failure period? In every area. Loss of self-confidence. Inferiority. You're gonna look at yourself less than what you really are in God's eyes. Self-directed anger. And don't let folks who express their anger outwardly, don't let them fool you. It's not so much that they're always angry at other people or you. You know who they're really basically angry at? So self-directed anger is released and comes out and spills over into other people. Isn't that sad? If you're one of those, look at me real quick. Nobody know you're looking at me because you're all looking at me. But I see you out there and I understand. Let me tell you something. God got a success story for you. But you're gonna have to roll up your sleeves. You're gonna have to go to work. I want you to go to work. Do you wanna go to work? Amen. How about fear of the future? Boy, we're going to talk about this in a moment. Fear of the future. You keep failing today because remember, listen, if you haven't written this down on your notes, you need to. Failure and fear are synonymous. You need to put that together. You need to write that somewhere. Failure always is mixed with fear and fear always causes failure. Period. Period. We read it. You live by faith. You'll be successful like our father Abraham. Amen. Low self-esteem. God never created you to be low in your assessment of yourself. Everybody look at me. Go like this. Go ahead. Fix your collar. Get your head cocked a little bit. Go ahead. Come on. That's who you are. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're all right. I love you. Hey, remember, you're looking in the mirror. You're pretty cool. Seriously, some of you, you you don't even want to look at yourself in the eye in the mirror. You've been beating yourself up. Stop it, champion. (laughs) Champion. See, what are you going to do? You're going to try to block your ears? See, you don't want to hear, champion. See, some of you, it's great. You're like, I wish you'd shut up. No, this is what, this is, you don't know the things I've done, Ken. You don't know the things I've done. I've done, you done, all God's kids done. Welcome to the club. Hey, I got a AAA membership card. You want to see it? We've all done. It's time we get up and do what God's, man, that's good stuff. Don't you think so? Thank you for the three of you that responded. I love you. Creativeness paralyzed. You're crea- Every one of you are creative. Some more extreme than others. Talk to anybody who's musically inclined. They're very creative. But every one of us have creativeness in us. Because you've got God living in you if you're a Christian today. 
Look at letter G, missing God's will and plan for your life. Missing God's will and plan for your life. That's the one that breaks my heart the most. Because I said it a moment ago, if God were able to peel back and show you exactly the life that he has already planned for you, it would blow your mind and you're missing out because fear is mixed in all this on the inside of you and fear is keeping you failing. Failing was meant to be a stepping stone in your journey of faith. You didn't get that. Failure was meant to be a stepping stone in your journey. You need to write that down. Failure, moments of failing were meant to be stepping stones in your journey of faith. Not stumbling blocks where you lie down and you stay in the dirt, eating dirt, groveling over your failure. Get back up. Get back up. I'll come down there and start grabbing all of you if you don't. Nine facts about failure. I love number one. Staff, please help me to move on from number one because I may camp here for the rest of the few minutes that we have and I don't want to, but yet I do. Because did I feel to tell you I love number one? I live by this. Ask my wife, ask my kids, ask my family. I love this concept about God and you and I. I love this biblical principle. I... I love that the kingdom of God is built like this. I love that the mind of God thinks like this. Look at this. Your future was created before your failure. Your future was created before your failure. So if you failed today, tomorrow is already planned. You got to get back up. You got to get back up. Why? Because tomorrow's already planned out. Where do you want to wallow in the dirt today when tomorrow looks amazing? And that moment of failure was supposed to be a stepping stone to your tomorrow that's already planned out. I'm I'm gonna jump off the stage, I know it. The very scripture that's on the wall in the gathering place is very church. Don Duncan Sr. built it upon this, look at this. For I know the thoughts that I think. Wait a minute. God thinks towards me? Yep. Oh, I know what he thinks. Black sheep. What am I going to do with Rob down there? He's constantly, you know what? Just get him out of, this is God the Father talking about Rob Bellamy sitting in the front row. row. (laughs) Sherry, I'm sorry. But this is God the Father telling Jesus, just give him barely enough to get by in life. Just get him out of my hair. I've never seen anybody fail as much as Rob. But that's what we think about ourselves and how God sees us. God just like throwing scraps out. There you go, Rob, just shut him up. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says God. This is God by the Spirit of the Lord inspiring Jeremiah to write this for you and I to read in 2015. Look at this. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a and but I failed. Hope! Get back up. (laughs) 
I'm having fun. <laughs> Remember, failure is not fatal unless you turn to the person next to you. Get. Come on, turn to the person next to you. Do this. Encourage somebody. Get back up. Number two, for the sake of time, honestly face the reason for the failure. Honestly face it. Face the reason for the failure. Now, we're going to teach ourselves there are various reasons for failing. Number one, can I just be honest with you? I, I, I said fear is involved, but you know what it really is? Typically, the bottom line to all this, if you want to strip that all the way down to the basically the reason for your failure is lack of knowledge. You didn't know any better. Now, you can say, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm racking up my credit cards in debt, but you don't know the reason behind why you're driven to do that. So you lack knowledge. You may have grew up in a home that was impoverished, a poverty-minded, spirited home, and you're trying to outdo that now that you're, you're an adult. Remember, look for the starting point of the failure, not the end. Look at that again. Look for the starting point of the failure, not the end. A lot of your consistent failures in your adulthood typically link back to your childhood. That's a free thought, by the way, but it's the truth. If you, with getting back to Bob and Barb and, and digging into some things with Bob, that exactly was the case because his father had multiple failed marriages. Interesting. His father had wrong view of what it means to be a man and a husband. Isn't that interesting? Think of this, your last failure can possibly, possibly be your greatest teacher. Do you, do you realize, help me Lord, do you realize if you don't get back up from your last failure, you may be ripping me off. Because I, I need to learn from you get back up, then when I hit that stumbling block, which should be a stepping stone, God going to send you alongside. You're going to say, hey, been there, done that, but look where I'm at. Hey, let me tell you what that is. Let me tell you why you're doing it. Let me tell you how to step on it and not stumble over it. I'm going to do it. I'm jumping off the stage. Number three, look at this. Mentors can reduce your failures because they've been there. Hey, mom, say, mama ain't raised no fool. Go ahead, say it. If somebody has failed and paid the price for that failure, why shouldn't you learn from them? They paid the price. you your knowledge can be free. Maybe a lunch. Buy them lunch. Buy your mentor lunch. Take a notepad. Take a pen. Learn from their mistakes. How many know there's a lot of collateral damage to some failures? You can learn from them. Amen? Because they've been there. Learning from others' mistakes is the least expensive way to learn. B, failures typically are preceded with warning signs. Mentors who are experienced in life can help you recognize those warning signs. 
Boy, isn't that the truth? Because they've been there. See, mentors can also help you become an expert on recovery. I love that. I've had that happen in my life. An expert on recovery. Just to mentors. Let's move along for the sake of time. God uses failure to reveal his love, patience, and mercy to you. How many know it's always good to experience his love, patience, and mercy? Amen? Number five, do not discuss your failure with everybody. Look at this next part of this James 5, verse 16. Admit your faults to one, another. And the way I like to translate that is find one. Don't go to everybody with your failure. Find one. Think on this. Let's move along in our notes. Never discuss a failure with someone incapable of receiving it, of healing it, and helping you solve it. Don't go around telling everybody, let me tell you about my five-field marriages. No. Look for a Bob. Amen? Number six. Many times failure does not occur because of what you do, but because of something you failed to do. Do you know, they contribute a lot of diseases in, in, in our bodies to a lack or deficiency of a certain vitamin. Medically, they, they've proven that, they studied that, that a lot of, of the diseases that we experience are simply because over time, longevity, there was a deficiency of a certain vitamin that if we just had that vitamin, we wouldn't have that disease. Everybody say well-balanced. Makes you think twice when you want to eat Doritos for breakfast, right? Number seven, for the sake of time, you can read those verses for number six on your own. Number seven, failure must be confronted and conquered with spiritual weaponry. There's a war going on. The enemy, remember, fear and failure are synonymous. The enemy does not want you to hear this word, by the way. He does not want you inspired. He doesn't want your ears hearing you're a champion. He hates it. I'm so glad you pushed through and came this morning. I really mean that. I wonder how many the enemy worked to keep from coming. I believe that happens. Anytime that we have church. Failure must be confronted and conquered with spiritual weaponry. Why is your success worth pursuing? Number one, right there, forgiveness. How many know it just feels good to be forgiven? How many finally get something out, confessed unto the Lord? How many can just feel the release? How many can feel the weight? Come on, help the folks around you. Come on, raise your hands. How many can feel the weight lift off of you? Forgiveness. That's the first key to your journey of success. Number uh, two, second point is physical healing for your body. You'll be amazed how that criticalness of yourself bound up inside you, holding it inside you, brings physical ailment. No, it's, it's when you're embittered about yourself, you've poisoned yourself about yourself. Protection from your enemies is the next one. God's always providing protection. Financial provision. You ain't seen nothing yet financially. I'm telling you folks, God is about increase. Youthful, here's one, youthful energy. Some of you here don't understand that yet, but some of us are learning that. How many know youthful energy is good? Amen. 
Well, listen, folks, you're not going to get the rest of those blanks. We're out of time. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? God is good. You are a champion. Do you believe that? Listen, here's what I want you to do. Take the notes that you have, study them, go over them. Do me a favor, come back in time and give me some success stories. Would you do that for me? I, I want a, another Bob and Barb story, if you will, or whatever it may be in your area. But would you do that? And uh, man, we're always wanting to hear the testimonies of God's goodness and God's grace. Amen? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.